This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of November 3rd, 2018. Brewers Association redefines craft beer again. Remembering Amer- an American distilling legend. Coca-Cola is throwing flavors at the wall and seeing what sticks. And you can no longer drink unlimited free beer at work. All this and more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. This week, to start us off, an article from Brewbound. It's that time of year again, the time when the Brewers Association unanimously unanimously, uh, reorganizes in order to change craft brews definition in order to keep one or two breweries in. (laughs) (laughs) This uh, this past week, the Brewers Association Board of Directors informed members of proposed changes to its bylaws that would significantly alter the trade organization's official craft brewer definition and create a new voting member class. The board also intends to form a political action committee that is aimed at more aggressively lobbying for permanent federal excise tax cuts that currently save craft brewers upward of $80 million annually. In an email to Brewers Association members, left-hand brewing founder Eric Wallace, who also serves as the chair of the Brewers Association board, said that the organization is considering dropping the traditional requirement from the group's three pro, uh, three-pronged definition. Um, that three-pronged definition currently includes um, that the, the brewer must be small, which means currently less than 6 million barrels, although that's been changed quite a bit in the past. It must be independent, which means that it must be less than 25% owned by a non-craft brewer. And traditional, a majority of its total volume must be derived from traditional or innovative brewing ingredients. It's that last pillar, the traditional pillar that is under review, in part because of an increasing number of craft brewers already experimenting with non-traditional beer offerings such as flavor malt, malt beverages and hard seltzers. The growing number of brewing associate members also have uh, expressed interest in creating beverages infused with THC and CBD. That would be if the federal government allowed that to happen. After reviewing, second, that's that's not going to stop Lagunitas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After reviewing the result of a recent survey that polled 1,000 Brewers Association members and was aimed at understanding the types of products they are producing and would consider making in the future, Wallace said it was clear the definition needed updating. Um, in his note, Wallace argued that as long as craft brewers meet the criteria of being small and independent, altering the definition is logical in order to account for unforeseen innovation. By adjusting the definition, we are being more inclusive of the needs of our voting members, he wrote. The traditional component of the definition was last altered in 2014. Wallace acknowledges that the past changes to the definition have grown grown. Uh, with criticism from Brewers Association members, the media, and other industry stakeholders, but he believes that the spirit of the definition has not changed. 
He also argued that the definition is a living document that would continue to involve with innovation, legislative conditions, and unforeseen circumstances necessitating change. So let me put this out there. If you take away one of those three categories, then where does that leave? So if a brewer produces less than 6 million barrels and is less than 25% owned uh, by a another uh, craft brewer, or it could be more than 25% owned by a craft brewer, I think there will be some categories out there that are some, some people that may actually come back into the Brewers Association just by the the ownership aspect of it. So you're thinking of founders and... Well, well founders, no, I think, is 30% ownership, oh, but... Oh, right. but uh, that, that Founders is at the mark. It's like you have to be under 25% and they are 25% or something like that. Yeah, they're, so, yeah, they're, they're pretty close to, they, to the line. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking something along the lines of um, if you were to have a brewery that owned you but they were currently not considered a traditional brewery than that that type of situation mm. um in 2017 boston beer which produces sam adams and and here's the other categories angry orchard twisted tea truly spiked and sparkling product made um two million barrels of beer according to the brewers association data uh, they kind of kept increasing that information because now they ship about 3.8 million barrels of product so this last category would have probably caught Boston beer um, with the fact that they create twisted tea and truly spiked and start sparkling. Those types of things would not be considered um, a craft brewer. Mm, so it's not it is. So they're changing it again for Sam Adams to keep them <laughs> under the definition. But it's always been about how much just flat out product Sam Adams has been cranking out. And they're like, we got to up the barrels again. We got to up the barrels again because Sam Adams keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And now it's that Sam Adams is doing so many non-beer things that they're like, yeah, well, we, we got to make sure we allow those as well. Yeah, we got to tweak the uh, the other part of our definition here to keep them in, or they're going to lose it there. Yeah, indeed. With uh, with this, we also are looking at um, the tax credits that were in the Craft Beverage Modernization and Tax Reform Act, CBMTRA. For those of you in the know, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. right off the indeed, time. those will sunset at the end of 2019, um, and uh, this this legislation needs to be made permanent instead of just a two year. So, I, I don't know. Now, what ex- I don't. Uh, I get the whole when they're saying it's a, it should be a living document, so the definition should be ever changing. But that at the same time kind of feels like well, what about all these people you've been pairing off over time? because they're not exactly meeting this definition, and then you're changing it to keep other people in. Like, it does feel a little quasi-hypocritical, you could say. I mean, it's... it's The thing is, it's like, obviously, like it's, it's obvious to everyone that they're just trying to say, if you're Budweiser, if, if, if you're AB InBev or Miller Coors... You're not craft. Everybody else is. If you're Heineken, <laughs> don't, don't bother. If yeah. you're owned by Heineken, don't bother. You can't you can't come play at our clubhouse. I mean, they're just trying to make rules to make it to where it they're not straight up saying that, <laughs> but that's what it is. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I I get what they're like. I get it, but at the same time, like, why don't, why don't you just 
I don't know. I almost just wish they'd be like, look, if you're if you're these guys, then you're not craft beer. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I, I get that they maybe well, legally can't do that, but it's just like, uh. You also, like, at what point, like, say Sam Adams continues to grow to it, it ends up replacing. Let's say Sam Adams, in some crazy trend, makes so much money, it buys Saab Miller. That'd be funny. <laughs> I don't think that's ever going to happen. Miller look, I was going to say, look, tone it, tone it down a little bit. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying, like, at that point, you can't keep changing it for them. No, yeah. but they've also, they, no matter how big they get, they're also still only, like, what are they, like, 5% or something like that? Oh, the, yeah. They're like, oh, uh, yeah, probably close to, like, 1%, maybe. Yeah, they're, well, I, I remember it, it was 1% at one point. I was like, well, maybe it's gone up by now. I'm just guessing. But, um... their market share is going to be nowhere near it. Maybe they should just change the the thing where you're like, if your market share is like 70%, then guess what? You're not craft beer. Because nobody else is going to meet that. Another thing that they bring up in this uh, that I thought, the first thing that struck me wasn't that, again, they're changing the definition to keep Boston beer in because big surprise, they do it every two years. But uh, is the announcement of the creation of a political action committee and there's a quote in the article, while a political action committee seems divergent from our grassroots and bootstraps nature, our efforts in Washington have become larger and louder. So this, I mean, it's almost like the Brewers Association is slowly developing into and not really an AB InBev kind of entity, but kind of that way, like they're developing a lobbying arm now. Mm. Well, that's, that's how you get what you want done is... You get a lobbying arm to make sure the laws benefit you, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, two two uh, percent is probably about where Sam Adams lies in 2017. If they did 3.8 million barrels, all of the beer in the U.S. that was sold was about 200 million barrels. So yeah, you're looking so. At about two percent ish there somewhere. And to put that a little bit in context. Overall beer sales in the U.S. from 2016 to 2017 took a dive in volume of 1.2 percent. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. Um, so you're looking at at you know two million barrels, probably a little bit over two and a half million barrels Jeez. of beer. Hmm. So it could all some of this amending could also be for these companies because we're seeing the spiked beverages and the seltzer spiked seltzers mm-hmm. being such a huge growing market share. Exactly. And yeah. that could be one of the things that could rebound a lot of these companies who've already started trending that way, like Boston beer. So it could be a good way for them to really keep in the game and keep growing. I'm wanting to know if the spike seltzers are being included under beer numbers because they're, taxed and well it's the filtering process i think yeah they may so flavor malt beverages i'm wondering if those are underneath the beer category hmm. that's that's, that's kind point. of the because that, question that, I've got. that would include like the twisted tea and stuff too i don't think exactly. they are i really don't think they are because uh packaging has to discern whether or not it's beer or a uh, malt, malt beverage, beverage. Huh. but because but, there was a sticky situation with some brewers in Cincinnati and some of their beers, they had to stop labeling them as beer and start saying they were malt beverages. 
I'd like to look into that. That's that was interesting because there, there's it's such a fine line that most of the time the law treats them the same, and mm-hmm. it, you're just basically going in and saying, okay, we know it's a beer, but we're labeling it as a as a twisted tea or whatever because it's you know basically we've just want the public to know what it is. Yeah. Founders Brewing, are they in trouble for DKML? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're in trouble, but for a different reason. Because that is awful. All right. Well, speaking of bad news. Yeah. uh, (laughs) From something, uh, you know, kind of mixed to just crap. Uh, (laughs) We are saying goodbye to yet another distiller. Um, Remembering Dave Pickerel. Is it Pickerel? I I feel like I'm going to say that wrong. Pickerel. Legendary American whiskey distiller. Um, So he is the one who did um, the Metallica whiskey. Mm, Yeah. Among other things, obviously. But he, you know, that was his, that was his last new whiskey launch. That's not even on shelves yet, I don't think. Is it? Hmm. Um, Which one? The Metallica whiskey? It may. Mm, I haven't seen it. Yeah. But uh, he passed away at 70 years old. Um, the cause of death is currently unknown, but his friends said he died peacefully. That sucks, though. 70? Um, he does not look 70 in these pictures. No. <laughs> I mean, he, he doesn't look, you know, I'm trying to think of somebody who looks ancient all the time. He doesn't look like Stan Lee. Who just Green alcohol color. does a body good. <laughs> I was going to say, Stan Lee is like 90-something, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't look like he's just hit the mark there. Um, Yeah. But yeah, so uh, in Madison, Wisconsin, on the first leg of Metallica's North American tour, um, Pickerel highlighted his brilliant career that included his 14-year-long stint as the Maker's Mark Master Distiller. Um, Master Distiller roles also with Whistle Pig, which we heard about, uh, started in 2009, Hill Rock, and he has also done consulting for more than 100 distilleries. So this guy was everywhere. Uh, he was a West Point graduate and the world's leading distilling, uh, yeah, was the world's leading distilling consultants and did most of his business on a handshake, of course. Uh, mm. He lectured at nearly every distilling, bartender, and drinks conference in the world. <laughs> uh, and it, he, there's some quotes, of course, from uh, Metallica because they, they they picked like the the most known people to grab. <laughs> I guess at this point, um, it says Pickerel's passion took him from project to project with little time at his former home in Louisville, Kentucky. He once told uh, said that he lived out of his suitcase and joked he was largely homeless because hotel key cards saw more action than his house key. That's sad. Um, <laughs> But uh, on the receiving end of his consultation were green distillers, eager and gracious to learn from an iconic veteran. One of his first clients was Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery in Nashville, Tennessee, whom he didn't even charge because he believed in them, <laughs> according to uh, the founder, founding member. Um, he said that they, uh, Dave uh, was like family. Like uh, He said he treated the owner like a son he helped write the business plan design and install the distillery equipment 
And Ooh. he would even make breakfast sandwiches called Egg McPickerels. <laughs> um, he was one of the few mentors uh, that the guy had. An Egg McPickerel. Now, I, I want to know what's involved in an Egg yeah, McPickerel. Really. Is, it, is this kind of like the... Whiskey. You know, There's got to be whiskey in it, right? A black tooth grin or something like that? I mean, how are we... It's, um, it's, it's like a McGriddle, except <laughs> instead of syrup, it's whiskey. <laughs> whiskey. Or it's whiskey syrup. Um, Ooh. That's, that's <laughs> or, or it's it's just they soak bread in whiskey. Oh, it's like whiskey French toast. Oh, you're yes. saying yeah, they pan fry it. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're just making up her own breakfast now. Oh baby, uh, you guys really need to do like a, a, like a, a cooking with alcohol episode like sometime just, soon. Oh, yeah. Like just like a, a holiday edition at the very least. It would just be like an alcoholic food network. <laughs> <laughs> Can we make that? <laughs> I think we have. <laughs> uh, no, 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 I'll go. I'll go ahead and tell you that Brewdog will beat us to it. Yeah, it'll be oh, the that, next show on their network. That's true. Time to pitch to Brewdog. <laughs> uh, um, all right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it, this talks more about the uh, the the Metallica whiskey. So Blackened, that was the name of the Metallica mm-hmm. whiskey. Uh, with Blackened, Pickerel's vision was uh, to use Metallica's influence to help bring back the forgotten category of American blends, which fell to the bottom shelf in the '60s. It was a mighty task, one with an uphill educational battle, but Blackened sold out within hours of entering most markets, so it was out already. That's what we didn't uh, say. That's yeah. the reason I haven't seen That's it. That's the reason we can't find it. It's gone. <laughs> uh, so he held tastings in liquor stores, bars, and even private clubs, pouring tastes of Blackened and educating people about sound waves, brandy barrels, and the various whiskeys used to make this blend. Uh, as he did with Maker's Mark, Whistle Pig, Hill Rock, and many other brands, when Pickerel spoke of Blackened, the sunshine just poured out of him. The man loved his job, and it showed in everything he did. Um, yeah, so that's just sad. <laughs> yeah. So you know, we don't we don't plug a whole lot of other podcasts back, you know, on the show. But the, if you do want to listen to sort of a biography, almost of, uh, it's an interview of of Pickerel, and he did it back in March of this year. So it's it's fairly recent as well, hmm. um, about an hour and a half long, and it's on the Bourbon Pursuit podcast, episode number one forty two. Uh, Listen to it back in March, and it was it was great. Yeah, good good listen. That's they call him the man behind a thousand distilleries. Or, I mean, sorry, behind a hundred distilleries. That's quite the resume, you know. It's like yeah, insane. Like it's he seems like he was just a really good guy. So. <sighs> Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's let's bring the mood up. Yeah. You know what All doesn't right. seem like a really good guy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I looked at some of these. I, I looked ahead. They do not look bad. Guy, Coca Cola. Coca Cola is committing war crimes of flavor, and we're going <laughs> to talk about it. Uh, pulling from uh, I guess from USA Today, Coca Cola, Sprite, Lemonade, Minute Maid, Veggie Juice, uh, and others are debuting next year. Not all one drink turns out. I, I, when I first read it, I was like, "This is disgusting." No, you read that and you go, "Oh God, <laughs> worst no. headline ever." <laughs> and then you you look and they have pictures of labels. You're like, "Oh, okay, so that's not." I was like, "They just made Clamato." It's not a lemonade tomato juice. <laughs> oh. Well, Coca-Cola is introducing several new drinks, including a lemonade version of Sprite and a tomato juice blend like V8. Pretty sure Sprite is one of their fastest growing drink uh, segments right now. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. the uh, where where is it that had oh Taco Bell, the one yeah. we went through there one day and they were like oh we're out of um, or no it wasn't Taco Bell because they don't have Sprite. Who has it? Either way, I don't know. Uh, oh it was McDonald's. That's what it was. Yeah, we went through there one day and they were out of the regular Sprite, but they had the tropical Sprite. And I'm like okay, <laughs> it was weird. Like to well, me, like they just. I don't know. Like Coca-Cola doesn't know how to do flavors very well on some things. This is called Sprite Limonade. Uh, yeah. Or Limonade, because it's spelled with a no. Y. Limonade. Limonade. That's wrong. It's just wrong. It's a, I don't like it. <laughs> it's a lemon lime tasting clear soda with lemonade, including one percent lemon juice. One percent. Well, my one my. whole percent. Uh, the drink, uh, 220, ca- 220 <laughs> calories for a 20 ounce bottle. What? Uh, does- <laughs> That's what it says. Doesn't come in any diet versions, according to the company. Oh, because uh, it'd be sick. They're, uh, they're quoted as here saying, Sparkling lemonade is a fast-growing category, mainly due to new entrants and innovations. Over the last 52 weeks, the category has grown 136%. Uh, Sure. Meanwhile, <laughs> they're also making uh, Minute Maid tomato juice blend, and it's oh. the first 100% vegetable blend for Minute Maid with a fruit. That's, that's what I was tomato. thinking. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> uh, well, in addition to tomato, a fruit, it <laughs> includes carrot, celery, cucumber, and beet juices. So they're making their own V8. Who yeah. own, I wonder who owns V8. Uh, Ocean Spray? Well, both beverages will go on sale in the first quarter of 2019. Uh, they also have some other new Coca-Cola drinks. Zico Coco Elixirs. That might be the worst name I've ever seen. Yeah. is That, that sounds like one of those things, like an artifact from Soviet Russia. <laughs> It sounds no. It sounds like a snake oil salesman at the the turn of the twentieth century trying to sell me something. <laughs> Try our new Zico Coco Elixirs. Mm. Um, V eight is owned, owned by, by Campbell's. Campbell's Soup. Yeah. yeah, it makes too much sense. I was like, yeah, okay, fine. Too much <laughs> sense. Well, Zico Coco Elixirs are a blend of coconut water, cold and cold pressed juices. They'll come in three flavors. Uh, for lemon's sake. Organic coconut water, lemon juice, pineapple juice, ginger, and turmeric. Oh. Uh, unbeliefable coconut water, celery, uh, cucumber, no. kale, no. spinach, lemon, parsley, and ginger. Checked out. The worst. And turn up the beet. Spelled B E. No. E-T. Coconut How am water. I supposed to make mixed drinks with this stuff. <laughs> coconut water. Carrot, blueberry, apple, beet, lemon, and baobab? I, I don't know what that is. Oh. Hmm. There's also the Dunkin' Donuts Shot in the Dark Coffee Espresso, espresso Blend. A mi- uh, coffee mixed with cream, sugar, and espresso. Three flavors, caramel, mocha, and vanilla. I'm fine with that. that that's been the only one of these. I'm like, you know what? That's all right. Simply smoothie, 100% fruit juices slash purees with natural flavors. Three flavors of a strawberry banana, that natural 
strawberry or banana fruit. It may as well be at this point. Mango pineapple. Ah, uh, yes. I remember cutting up the mango pineapple. <laughs> and orchard berry. That's just a nondescript one, so, I mean, they're safe there. Uh, they also have alkaline and antioxidant versions of smart water. Obviously. Because I need more antioxidants. Yeah. Uh, basically, they're trying all these because soda consumption isn't what it once was. They're looking for healthier options, and these aren't them, but they're healthy <laughs> consumers. These aren't them, Why but won't... they sure sound like they could be. <laughs> Why won't you drink me? <sighs> well, you know that great healthy kale tonic you made at home that you know is healthy? Well, here's a version of it that might taste a little better, but is 300% not healthy. <laughs> yeah, no, they're... Yeah, they're, I'm trying to see what they're talking about here, but they had... They were hoping, I guess, that uh, a purchase they made in 2007 of uh, vitamin water was going to help carry them through the the you know declining soda market but uh didn't they buy it and then promptly got sued because uh vitamin water being advertised as being a health drink because it's like so much sugar and then yeah. that their their defense was no one could ever mistake this beverage as a health drink and it's like you market <laughs> it as that. It's called in- vitamin water uh, yeah, they say unlike PepsiCo, which has diversified into snack foods, Coca-Cola has remained focused on drinks, and apparently it's uh, it's hurting them. <laughs> Look, Coke just needs to double down, give us more uh, Coke life and more of the Mexican Cokes, and we'll all be happy. Yeah, that, they seem to still be focusing on, on beverages, much like the buying of Costa Limited uh, and other such things uh still not looking towards uh towards marijuana though <laughs> give it time uh before the end of next year i predict they will yeah they'll buy someone out or they will open their own division to start looking into it okay so yeah. you heard it here first kids <clears throat> i had to look up that baobab uh yes fruit thing so it's it looks like so it's an it's an african tree first of all uh, it looks like the tree at anim- like that Animal Kingdom at Disney, like that. That's the tr- like that they're kind the trees, of trees. The freakish looking trees with like the gigantic trunks, and there are no branches or leaves until like a mile up the tree. Yeah. So, um, it it does have a fruit on it, and that's what so that's what's going to be in that drink, and it's um, it's about it this- one fruit per tree, <laughs> right? Uh, so, no, so it's it's the size of a coconut. It says, and it's somewhat acidic. Uh, described as somewhere between grapefruit, pear, and vanilla. Well, they make it sound delightful. Yeah, like, I am so, sure if you just pulled one off that tree and <laughs> got a hold of some of it, you would go, no, no. Maybe, but I mean, so like that that last drink that, that listed that in, it didn't sound terrible. I'm just saying. <laughs> or it's one of those things like coconut water. If you just, you know, open a coconut and drink the water, you're going to poop your brains out. <laughs> I I do not like coconut water. Coco by Coco Zuma's revenge. <laughs> coconut water in stuff is good. Like I I still I hate to admit that I'm like about the body armor drinks, and they all have like the coconut water in them. But like if you try to just drink coconut water like the at the, from the store, <laughs> I'm not a fan. You just try to drink water. What like water? Like 
From the toilet? <laughs> From the toilet? That almost feels like what... Did... <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, you have to commend them a little bit for... They're trying, I guess, but... It could be said. Um, literally only one of those drink, drinks sounded good to me. Also, I didn't realize, did they buy Dunkin' Donuts? Are they... Dunkin's working with uh, everybody now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> They'll make a deal with anyone they can find. It's, yeah, they're they've adopted the Starbucks strategy, so Dunkin's opening uh, physical locations everywhere. It's like that whole they'll open them across the street from each other, and they're just trying to be ubiquitous for the the working man to well, get their get their latte. They got to do something to too because their donuts suck. Yeah, those awful yeah. frozen things. <clears throat> yeah, no, I feel like we've grown past them as far as donuts go like when you've had really good donuts you're like oh okay (laughs) they were all right until we had twice fried donuts and then the game changed we had spaldings and holtman's and we're just like oh it's nice okay (laughs) like duncan tries that's cute all right well uh let's look into some well i guess it was good news to hear that something like this existed and may still exist somewhere bad news i guess that it's going away the beer is flowing a little less freely at WeWork locations in New York City. Uh, the, the co-working giant and New York City's largest office tenant has decided to limit the amount of beer it serves to its members there under a pilot program expected to last 30 to 90 days. Previously, WeWork had an all-you-can-drink beer policy, <laughs> lending credence to the idea that its spaces look more like frat houses than office buildings. So, so we need to find uh, if WeWork has any offices in Cincinnati, and that's we need to open the Have a Drink offices. I feel <laughs> like we'll fit right in. I mean, they may have to put a limit on us, <laughs> like they had to step in here. Uh, members yes. in the New York City in New York City be limited to four 12 ounce glasses of beer per day, according to an email to members. That was obtained by Market Watch. In other states, WeWork has varied its policy on free-flowing alcohol. In California, for example, WeWork switched the tap over to kombucha in February before switching back to beer over the summer. Because I'm sure most of their tenants were moving out. <laughs> in some parts of New York... Here, everybody, we have kombucha. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and <laughs> cancel this lease right now. Yeah, they're like, no, we're gone. In some parts of New York, WeWork has begun testing a mechanized tap system that will use software to limit the booze flowing to its members. It's Uh, truly a dark day. (laughs) Tenants can swipe their building key cards to access the beer during set hours, and they'll be cut off after they reach their daily allotment. Whether all of this is an effort by WeWork to maintain workplace decorum or curb costs remains to be seen. Meanwhile, over at WeWork Corporate, a former employee filed a sexual harassment lawsuit last month, citing the company's free beer on tap all day in uh, all offices policy. Whew. Uh, <laughs> though free beer may be a fun perk to get uh, professionals in the door, if the company is serious about work, they may need to rethink these policies. So, I don't know. I want to find out if WeWork has... Let's... Uh, we work. Um, you know, I, I, I was like, I hear all you can drink beer. Like, oh, what could possibly go wrong? And then you said harassment suit. And I went, oh, that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I could see that. Fair enough. Dicks are what so, goes wrong. So, uh, looking at WeWork locations, it doesn't look like there are any in Cincinnati. Or Asheville. I check. Because <laughs> I was like, for 200 bucks a month, we could almost go and rent out a one of the office spaces for just a weekend and use right? it. That's true. Uh, you got Dallas, College Park, Chicago, Charlotte, Boston, Baltimore's coming soon. Uh, Austin, and a lot of the places you'd expect, but Frown Town, no Cincy, nothing in Kentucky. Well, there's never going to be like anything like that in Kentucky. I don't know. I could see something like that popping up in Louisville. Okay, maybe. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if they they are to open one soon. Definitely going to have to get us an office space there. Or maybe we can get a mailbox there. I don't know. Mm. Can we just get a mailbox? The mailbox also come with free beer. <laughs> they have a beer tap in it. Just get your pick up your mail and just reach in and put your glass in there too. All right, fill her up. <laughs> so how does uh, doing your allotment, is it like you can drink, get pour four glasses worth? Since I say if you'd be limited to four glasses, four 12-ounce glasses, could you just go ahead and do all that and just like fill a growler? I'm sure, probably, unless there's like some policy. Basically, you just scan your badge and it counts it. <laughs> I'm picturing it like the thing at Disney where you have to refill the cups. See, I would just be turning into like a real like because Vikings were everyone talked about all the drinking horns and all the you know the amazing pottery and things they were drinking. They were just drinking anything they could get their hands on and filling <laughs> it with wine is what they were doing. So I would just be like walking around with giant vases. Going to fill them up with beer. What is that? It's my new mug. <laughs> fill her up. One of those big wooden salad bowls. <laughs> or the uh, um, that new gigantic $100 wine glass at Costco. It's <laughs> yeah. four feet tall. Up from the depths. 20 storm. <laughs> Sorry, that's what I just think of when I see that glass. <laughs> well, you know, one place that people work that you can get whiskey now <laughs> where uh amazon indeed well sort of i mean i'm pretty sure you where? can already get whiskey on amazon but not from them well amazon now has its own single malt whiskey so is amazon the new aldi <laughs> i mean kind of i don't have to uh, there's not a thing about you know how to store my uh, uh, uh buggy because I don't have one. Mm, give it time. Uh, anyway, Amazon's, uh, they recently partnered with uh, Scotch whiskey uh, maker Bowmore? Bowmore? Bowmore. Bowmore. Bow. Okay. I w it looks like Your it should say Your gut instinct. Bow. Yeah, just go with it. Anyway, uh, the first exclusive single malt whiskey uh, is a 19-year-old whiskey distilled from... Uh, uh, from the distillery that was aged in red wine barracks? Barricade? Bar there's a French word there. Uh, I got nothing. <laughs> uh, and, uh, sorry, uh, those are from uh, Bordeaux's Chateau Lagrange. Anyway, the whiskey marks the first time the distillery has offered a liquid of this, liquid of this age and maturation, and it's in limited supply. Again, 19-year-old whiskey. It's yeah. not... <laughs> yeah, so that's a pretty sizable time investment. 
just 4,500 bottles of the single malt whiskey were made. The bottle's only being sold on Amazon. How much a, is it? Uh, I'm sorry, what? Does it say how much it is? Uh, yeah, uh, a little further down here, it says that it is $165 US. However, that's immaterial because it's only available in the UK, Germany, Spain, Italy, France, and Japan. Why is everything in the... just... Uh... Because we have weirder liquor laws than them, I'm betting. Well... Like, I'm, I'm betting there's some sort of legal restriction. Oh, yeah. Uh, so annoying. Anyway, uh, this is the first time Amazon has offered an exclusive single bottle of malt on its website. It's not the company's first foray into selling scotch. They offer, already offer bottles from major distilleries for sale online. It's also the main online retailer for Johnny Walker's recently released Game of Thrones blend. Man, the number of... Uh, <laughs> What do they call it? The White Walker, the Johnny. Yeah. yeah. Johnny White Walker sounds weird. It does. Uh, yeah. But like, there's just cases of them at the liquor store when I was in there today. I want to get a bottle. I was about to get a bottle, and then I saw the price tag, and I was like, you know what? I'll grab another bottle of McKenna and move on. So coming in from the research desk, a barrique is the most common size of wine barrel, coming in at 59 gallons. Of course, they have their own word for it in French. It is just slightly smaller than the hawk's head. Smaller than a hawk's head? Like hog's the bird's head. Hog. The hog's head. That's not helpful either. That's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I remember from being lost on that desert island <laughs> with, that, with my all boys class. The hog's head's about this big. You don't want to leave it too long on a spike. It's going to start talking to you. Obviously. Gotta be careful, it may become your new god. <laughs> I have the conch, I will speak, but I'm gonna <laughs> hand it over to uh, to Brittany while we talk about uh, about some calendars. About something a little less... Ooh, are they, are they sexy calendars? Depends on how you look at it. Are they brewers, <laughs> brewers bikini I'm... calendars? Are we gonna see, like, big fat guys <laughs> with beards wearing bikinis? Uh, <laughs> I'd pay for that. Well, yeah. Um, let me let me just put this in there. I know we're running along, but a hogshead is roughly equal to about one quarter of a butt. Or no, <laughs> sorry, half a butt. This keeps getting worse. What? You're my, not helping the understanding. My butt, hog butt. Who's like what butt. kind of butt? Uh, who? Yeah, whose butt? Butts are not equal. Jenny from the block butt. Again, like, is it? Did Blizzard animate these butts? Because that that could, that's a lot of liquid. Is it bigger than a spider leg? <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. It does say these standards were not always precisely adhered to. So they know. they're French. That's, that's uh, precision is not a thing they're known for. They are not German. <laughs> <laughs> How are we going to measure feet? Uh, it's however long my foot is. Helpful. All right. Well, on a completely different note, uh, <laughs> no measurements involved. Um, kind of counting, I guess. And now we're that. measuring days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There is lots of measuring involved. You're going to be measuring and uh, alcohol, milliliters, and days, weeks. Yes. Yeah, so uh, this is this is like our first like listicle kind of thing in a while but it is it's getting into the season for it so we thought well you know whatever uh 
advent calendars with alcohol are just kind of cropping up everywhere. <laughs> so um, this is like a, a brief list of, of some of the ones for 2018. I also, I can't get over some of the prices on these, but I'm like, well, I guess the whole thing is filled with alcohol. So I'm like, where, where do you go there? Um, and some of the, I think like, it doesn't say, but I think all of them are available in the U.S. It may, they may be weirdly distributed. Uh, but anyway, so the first one is the Direct Wines Advent Calendar. And of course, it's like, they're like airplane bottle sizes, you know. Um, there's a different wine for each day. Uh, this one is 130 bucks. And How can there be that much wine? It only comes in two colors. <laughs> uh, so it, it's got a um, a generous glassful of 24 different wines, including an award-winning champagne, a 2015 vintage Bordeaux, a five-star estate uh, Rioja, question mark, uh, Chardonnay, and more. Uh, then, of course, the one we talked about before, which is significantly less expensive now that I've seen the prices on the rest of these, uh, is the one from Aldi. It is the, uh, it's $70. Good old Aldi. And this is the first year that it will be available in the U.S. as well as the U.K. Um, uh, yeah. At starting November 7th, you can buy it in the U.S. Uh, at, at Aldi locations. And uh, it's got, again, obviously, 24 mini bottles of Aldi's award-winning wine. <laughs> I thought you were saying 24 many instead of many. And oh. so I was like, I mean, it's not that many. <laughs> um, but yeah, so keep in mind, this one is the ones from Aldi. But I think that it would probably be a good way to like test, you know, like taste out some of their stuff. Um, Look, they're winning awards. They yeah. Gotta be like, doing, they got to be paying someone off, right? <laughs> yeah. And honestly, it's one of the less expensive uh, calendar choices. Uh, next one is Fever Tree Gin and Tonic Advent Calendar. Like yes. who, big hit, yes, like, please. Like who knew you could like it could just a gin and tonic calendar? Okay, uh, but it features twelve bottles of craft gin and twelve cans of Fever Tree Tonic in a variety of flavors. Huh. And that one's seventy six dollars. I, I think I like this because you get a variety. And, yeah. and it's like collecting them all one that's, day at a time. Yeah, that's why I kind of like all of these ideas. And I'm like, you know what? This is a good way to test a lot of stuff. Um, then we have the Heritage Distilling Company Spirits Advent Calendar. Um, this is actually just a mix. So you've got uh, mini bottles of vodka, gin, and bourbon by this uh, Heritage Distilling. So, uh, I don't know. Could use more gin. <laughs> We'll see then. Then you get the gin and tonic one. You're fine. Um, well, I know, but I'm just thinking. I'm I'm trying to think <laughs> like Hemingway. <laughs> um, the next one, which has this very like festive looking box, a uh, sparkling wine advent calendar. So this one is a hundred and sixty dollars. This is like, th this one is the one where I'm just like seriously. Um, it has prosecco, uh, champagne, sparkling rosé, and you get six point eight ounce bottles of them. <laughs> uh then the then they've got one of the just gin the gin advent calendar it's called uh, the hemingway <laughs> they should have comes with a comes with a doing? free copy of the old man in the sea <laughs> this one is 137 dollars uh it's got 24 different types of gin so you can try a new flavor each day <laughs> and it ranges from the tried and true favorites like a dry gin 
to the untraditional, like a wild botanical gin or rose gin, which I did not know was a thing, but it makes sense. Uh, and then, of course, you know, branching out some more, there's a tequila advent calendar. Uh, $165. This one is 24 mini bottles of tequila from Mexico and beyond, which I didn't think you could do necessarily, but... Yeah, that's not... Yeah. Tequila. Uh, but it includes both boutique producers um, and then world-famous brands. So uh, I do like the box in that one, go because it's it's all like... You know, the Mexican art and, and some of the Day of the Dead stuff and everything. Um, next up is the Pip Stop Gin Advent Calendar. So this one has 24 different flavors of gin, again. Uh, now, this one um, doesn't ship outside the UK. So there's that. Um, mm-hmm. That is an issue with some of these, unfortunately. Uh, next up is the Virgin Wines Advent Calendar. Uh, this is a cute little, like, shaped like a little tree. Uh, so this is a mix of red, white, rosé, prosecco, champagne, and uh, the 2018 edition actually says it's even bigger and better than last year's version, whatever that means. <laughs> um, and that one is oh, you have to reserve it. It doesn't even have the price on there. That's cool. Uh, then the final or no, sorry, number ten on the list. I thought it was a top ten. Uh, this one is two hundred and seventy-five dollars for some reason, and it is the whiskey advent calendar. Which I guess, oh. okay, fine. Um, so this is 24 varieties of whiskey and scotch uh, hailing from Ireland, America, everything. Um, now this one also says, uh, including a whiskey worth 600 pounds for the bottle. So you're getting, yeah, it, it's, you're getting some, some variation there. Uh, very crazy stuff. I think that one actually would be probably really good to get. Yeah, most of these are, are pretty straightforward. But I don't know. Some of these sound good. Like, the Aldi one sounds cool to me because it's going to be here this year and it's, like, one of the least expensive ones. I think the gin and tonic one sounds pretty interesting. Um, just because you also get, like, the different kinds of tonic, uh, which you don't probably see very often. And I think the whiskey one would be nice if it weren't so much money. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, uh, we'll go ahead and close out with an article that's more of a a recommendation than news uh, from Delish. Mm. (laughs) Uh, This is about uh, how you shouldn't freeze your good vodka. Friends don't let friends freeze their vodka. People often keep vodka in the freezer, uh, and according to the author of this, I'm not entirely sure the the reasoning behind this, but I've done it in the past simply because the thought of drinking vodka stored at room temperature makes me shudder. Yeah, that, that it sounds very not pleasurable. As it turns out, keeping vodka in the freezer is actually a big no-no. If you uh, want its full flavor potential, that is. Uh, the creator of Grey Goose recently told Business Insider that putting vodka in the freezer is one of the biggest vodka-related mistakes people make. The problem is that keeping the vodka at such low temperatures subdues any flavor within the liquid. Uh, premium vodka, such as Grey Goose, should be naturally soft and not aggressive, meaning that if you keep it at a really low temperature, you'll actually be hiding uh, the more sophisticated aromas and flavors. That is actually news to me. I, I was not aware that I should be doing that, but then again, I've not really visited vodka on a on a real like looking craft basis. Yeah, yeah vodka always strikes me as the uh, the very. We got to get a drunk going. We got to get there quick. Yeah, or <laughs> kind of over those I days. Drink, I need a 
I need a drink discreetly. Let's <laughs> yeah. just pour this into something. Let's pour this clear liquid that is extremely high alcohol into anything. Uh, on the other hand, if you're drinking cheap, low-quality vodka, uh, it says no shame, storing it in the freezer will hide aggressive burning notes. So the way I'm thinking about this is if it comes in a plastic jug, you're good to put it in the freezer. Some, some of that, what, Burnett's, I think? Like the... Burnett's doesn't come in a plastic jug. No. Uh, best temperature for Grey Goose, since that's who they were talking with, is 0 to 4 degrees Celsius, or 32 to 39.2 degrees Fahrenheit. I say Fireball does still go in the freezer. I know it's not vodka, but... Yeah, yeah, I'd put the Fireball in the freezer and then throw it away. <laughs> just, just to be safe. Make sure no one ever got a hold of it. Uh, but right. yeah, so... I think that does it for the news this week. I think so. Yeah. Excellent. Well, uh, we'd like to remind everyone that this is our news-only show. Uh, but we do the weekly long-form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, please go to patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. And we will see you again uh, next Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. Bye. Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>